0: This handheld mic today, look at that, changing it up. Good morning, welcome. Welcome to Weymouth once again. Here we are. Uh, my name is Chris, I'm the pastor here. If this is your first Sunday with us, or if you're watching online for the first time, we're really glad you're, you're joining in in our, our worship this week. Um, special thank you this morning to those brave souls who uh, participated in our Youth All-Nighter Friday night, uh, those who helped out. and. Uh, stayed up all night with the youth. It was a really good time. So thank you for your prayers for that. Um, it was a really fun time with our students and adults and families. Um, as we get started, just uh, two other announcements. Uh, this afternoon, we're going to be having a fireside chat uh, led by our women's ministry team. This is an event for women ages nine to ninety-nine, young, old, uh, in the middle, wherever you're at. You can come here from four to six, and they'll be spending some time just fellowshiping together. Uh, getting to know one another, and also thinking about together how we can prepare our hearts for Easter, Uh, providing some materials and some questions and some things for that. So that is today from 4 to 6 in the community room. And then next Sunday during the 9 o'clock Sunday school hour, we're going to be launching a parent prayer group, and that is going to be in the children's church room at 9, and that is just going to be a time for anyone who is a parent in any way, shape, or form, young kids, older kids. Uh, You can come and pray together, pray for your kids, pray for our families here in the church, pray for our children's ministry and our student ministry. So that will be starting next Sunday at 9 o'clock, and if you have kids, they're welcome to join in. So if you have young kids, you can bring them along, and it'll just uh, further give us uh, fuel for our prayers uh, with them being there. Um, So that's starting next Sunday, the parent prayer group. Um, And then also this morning, we're really excited. We're happy to have our friend John Wolven back along with his family here this morning. Also, uh, we've asked uh, Russ Kinnebrew, our lead elder, to, to preach for us this morning, to open up God's Word with us, because I spent Friday night up all night with a bunch of 6th through 12th graders, so uh, you don't want to hear uh, how my brain is working this morning. So uh, we're thankful to Russ for, for handling the Word this morning. So uh, as we get started, uh, let's just take a few moments in the quiet of our own hearts uh, to pray silently to prepare our hearts for worship. psalmist writes sing to god sing praises to his name lift up a song to him who rides through the deserts his name is the lord exult before him gracious father that's our prayer lord that you would help us to exult before you this morning to praise your name for you are the lord you're a god full of steadfast love and faithfulness to your people So remind us once again of how you have shown and displayed and carried out that steadfast love and that faithfulness ultimately in the person of your Son. So forgive us for our sins as we enter into this time of worship this morning, Lord, humble us, soften our hearts to praise you and to learn what that means, that you have shown us uh, your faithfulness, your steadfast love in Christ, in whose name we pray, amen, amen. Please stand and sing with us
1: well good morning Uh, once again my name is John thanks again for having me I'm so excited to sing with you all worship with you all this morning and and, uh, make a joyful noise to our great God I think the songs this morning will be pretty simple for us to sing along to so um, sing with me let's sing together
2: Praise the mount, I'm fixed upon it, mount of thy redeeming love. And here I raise my Ebenezer, hither by thy help I'm come Here's my heart, oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. Prone to wander. (laughs) Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. Amen.
1: Please take your seats.
0: Well, before we continue on singing together, I'm going to invite the kids to come up front. Uh, It's been our pattern uh, this year to spend some time with the kids going through the New City Catechism. So if you would like, you can come up front, have a seat up here with me. Welcome. Good morning. Oh, careful, careful, careful. Oh, boy. That made me nervous. Um, Welcome. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good. Having a good weekend? Yeah. Did you, did you get outside at all this weekend? Yeah. Raise your hand if you have a four-day weekend this weekend because of President's Day. Nice. Nice. Some of you. Very good. Yeah. There you go. Um, <laughs> awesome. Well, we're going to keep going with our catechism. This is a series of questions and answers that teach us what? What does the catechism teach us? What does it teach us about? Yeah. Uh, lessons. Teaches us lessons. Yeah. lessons and questions absolutely right yeah they're questions that teach us lessons about what we believe as christians about what we learn in the bible um so we're on question number 24 this week we'll look at it up on the screen and it says this why was it necessary for christ the redeemer to die the last few weeks we've been talking about how christ is our redeemer how he's our rescuer how he's the one god sent the son of god to who he sent to come fully god fully man to rescue us And part of the way he rescues us is by dying on the cross for our sins in our place. So the question is, why did he have to do that? Why did Jesus have to die for our sins? And the answer is this. It says, Christ died willingly in our place to deliver us from the power and penalty of sin to bring us back to God. So help us understand that. I want you to think about this. Imagine that you're playing outside. Maybe some of you have done this. You play outside with a ball or something, and you accidentally break your neighbor's window. Have you ever done that? You've accidentally broken your neighbor's window or your house's window. No. I saw a video about it. You saw a video about it. That's cool. What videos are you watching? (laughs) I don't know. Somebody's her parents got to get on that, Um, right? So if you broke your neighbor's window, let's imagine that you did that. Uh, What would you have to do to make it right with your neighbor? What you have to pay for it, right? Yeah, you have to apologize. But just apologizing wouldn't be enough. Somebody has to pay to fix the window, right? So who would be responsible to pay for the window in that situation? You. You, right? If you if you want to do the right thing, you go and you get a job and you work for a couple of years and you pay for the window, right? Yeah. Um or but what if the person was a really nice neighbor and they wanted to forgive you and not make you pay for it? Would that be really nice of them? That'd be super nice. But would that mean that they could get a free window? No, right? There'd still be a cost, there's still a payment that has to be made. Because if you break so your neighbor's window, you you you've there's a cost that comes with that you've you've created a debt right there's somebody has to pay to get a new window now you as the person who broke the window you could be responsible to pay it but if your neighbor wants to forgive you and say hey you don't have to pay the, you don't have to pay the cost I'll take care of it myself they're taking that payment on themselves they're choosing to still uh, pay the price to restore that window so forgiving you it comes with a cost that still needs to be paid does that make sense And similarly, with God, the Bible teaches us that we're all sinners. We've all created a debt between us and God. We've rebelled against him. We've broken his commands. And so there's a debt that needs to be paid. God is just, and that means God is really, really, really good. And so God has to punish sin. He has to defeat evil. And so the problem is we're full of sin. We're full of evil. We've rebelled against God. And so a price has to be paid. We naturally deserve to pay the price for our sins But because God is gracious and forgiving, he sent Jesus uh, to make a way for us to be forgiven. So that if you trust in Jesus, you can be forgiven for your sins. But that doesn't mean there wasn't a price for our sins. There's still that cost. There's still that price. And that price had to be paid by someone. And God sent his son Jesus to pay that price for us, to go to the cross, pay the price for our sins. And that's why we call him our redeemer. To redeem something is to pay the price for it the redeemer is the one who purchases us for god who pays the price for our forgiveness so when jesus went to the cross the reason he had to die is there was a price that needed to be paid because of sin and god in his love and in his mercy sent his son and jesus in his grace and his faithfulness chose willingly to go be our substitute to go pay the price for our sins on the cross so that you and i if we trust in him we can be forgiven So that is why Jesus, our Redeemer, had to die, to pay the price for our sins in our place. Does that make sense? Any questions about that? No? All right, well, let me pray for us, and then we'll keep singing some songs together. Dear God, thank you for this reminder that uh, even though we've uh, created a debt uh, of sin before you, Lord, we thank you that in your grace you sent your son to pay that debt for us, to pay the price for our sins, so that if we trust in him, we can find forgiveness, we can be accepted and adopted into your family. So help us to believe that, to rest in that, to trust in Christ as our redeemer, and to go and share with other people the wonderful news of how he has come and died in our place to redeem us, to rescue us, to bring us back to you, to pay the penalty for our sin, to free us from its power, to bring us into your presence. So it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, uh, we're going to go to Children's Church now. So if you sign up for Children's Church, you can go. You can follow Mr. and Mrs. Namath over there. And then the rest of us will uh, stand and continue singing together. So please stand.
2: My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. But wholly trust in Jesus' name. Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong. In the Savior's love, through the storm, he is Lord, Lord of all. Weak made strong in the Savior's love. Through the storm, he is Lord, Lord of all. When he shall come with trumpet sound. Oh, may I then in him be found, Dressed in his righteousness alone, And faultless stand before the throne. Christ alone, cornerstone, The weak made strong in the Savior's love. Through the storm, he is Lord, Lord of all.
1: Amen. Jesus Christ is our cornerstone. We sing praises to him today because of what he's done for us, his sacrifice, paying for our sin. Let's sing about that now. His mercy is more.
2: What love could remember, no wrongs we have done. Omniscient, all-knowing, he counts not their sum. Thrown into a sea without bottom or shore. Our sins, they are many, his mercy is more. Praise the Lord. What patience would wait as we constantly roam? What father so tender is calling us home? He welcomes the weakest, the vilest, the poor. Our sins, they are many, his mercy is war. Praise the Lord. His mercy is more. Stronger than darkness, do every morn. Our sins, they are many. His mercy is more. What riches of kindness he lavished on us. His blood was the payment, his life was the cost. We stood neath a debt we could never afford. Our sins, they are many, his mercy is more. Stronger than darkness, new every morn Our sins, they are many, His mercy is more Our sins, they are many, His mercy is more Bless the Lord, O my soul, O my soul, worship his holy name. Sing like never before, O my soul, I'll worship your holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, O my soul, worship his holy name. Sing like never before, O my soul, I'll worship your holy name. you're rich in love and you're slow to anger your name is great and your heart is kind for all your goodness i will keep on singing ten thousand reasons for my heart to find Bless the Lord, O my soul, O my soul, worship his holy name. Sing like never before, O my soul, I'll worship your holy name. bless the lord O oh my soul oh my soul worship his holy name sing like never before oh my soul i'll worship your holy name sing like never before Oh, my soul, I'll worship your holy name.
1: Our Father in heaven, we lift our praises to you this morning. Thank you, God, for bringing us here together to worship your holy name. Amen. Please be seated. At this time... um, My job is to tee up the sermon. So let's flip open to Psalm 34, which is the sermon text this morning. Um, So open your Bibles to Psalm 34. I will read it and then pray and invite Russ up to deliver God's word to us. So I'll read Psalm uh, 34 from the ESV. I hope it matches what is on the screen, but we'll find out together. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all of their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Affliction will slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. This is the word of God. Let's pray together. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. You are exalted above all. In your hand is power and might, and we thank you, our God, and praise your glorious name. But who are we that we should be able to approach you? We are strangers before you. Our days on earth are like a shadow and we have no hope. That is our condition without Jesus Christ. Through Jesus' death and resurrection, we are now adopted children of God. And by the Holy Spirit, we can be changed into the likeness of Christ. So we ask that you please guide us today by your word, Father. Direct our hearts towards you and give us the strength to keep your commandments. Amen.
3: Thank you, John. Um, As we're thinking about, as I was thinking about what was I thinking when I said, yes, I'll do this. (laughs) Uh, But then thinking about um, Wednesday night was a a long night for for Chris, for Pastor Chris. Thursday night was a a long night for him with a, a meeting that we had. And so, and then... And Friday night turned into Saturday morning, and, and so I thought, well, yes, I'll, I'll attempt this. What I wanted to share from Psalm 34 is taken from a, a Sunday school class we did uh, a couple of months back. Um, so in this selection of one of the psalms, uh, it's an acrostic psalm meaning that the the letter of the first word of each verse starts with a Hebrew alphabet in that order, except for I think verse 5 and verse 18 those letters got switched so it's an acrostic in that sense that each of the verses begin with the word that starts with that letter of the Hebrew alphabet Um, so as as I'm thinking about and praying about this, uh, that God will speak to us through His Word. So, and then next slide. The uh, author, uh, in the Hebrew text, it indicates that uh, David is the author of this, and he wrote this at the time of his running or hiding from Saul when he went to Gath. In, um, in the Philistine territory. So, if you know that story, he's pretending to be a little crazy and insane in front of uh, Achish or Abimelech, and that's how he protects himself, or that's how God protects him. Protects him. Uh, the key verse uh, from my my observations, I would say, the key verse is uh, verse 34 of 34 8 oh taste and see that the lord is good blessed is the man who takes refuge in him Uh, taste and see i'll talk a little bit more about that later and the main thought i pull from this was an expression of thankfulness for what god is doing in and through the experiences of one who fears the lord so think about the experiences that David was having there in Gath and what was going on and he had already had been anointed as king but in his experiences there in Gath he still can express his gratitude for what the Lord is doing So it's Begin by looking at verses 1 through 3 again. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. David, by choice, blesses the Lord. Uh, no matter what his circumstances, by choice, he blesses the Lord. Um, he will continually praise the Lord. Uh, from his soul, he blesses the Lord, blessing, in the sense that, what Paul instructs us in First Thessalonians 5:18. Uh, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. So, in all circumstances, David was choosing to bless the Lord. In all circumstances, David was choosing to bless the Lord. Verse 2 talks David is saying, from his soul, from his soul, from his emotions, from his will, from his inner being, he will boast in the Lord and not in his own military skill. He will boast in the Lord, not from self, but from what God was doing in and through him. Uh, Like Jeremiah says in 924, Well, let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, righteousness in the earth, for in these things I delight, declares the Lord. In these things God delights. And David was choosing to boast in this and not in self, in what he was able to do. He will exalt and he will boast in the Lord and he will praise. And in verse 3, David invites his audience to join in his exalting and magnifying the Lord. So he invites others to join him in exalting and magnifying the Lord. Verses 4 through 7. I sought the Lord, and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. So as David is crying out, as David is seeking God, God responds. Uh, Jesus says in Matthew 7:7, 7, 7, "Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you." So as David is seeking, knocking, God responds. In verse 5, those who look to God will be satisfied and will show in their countenance. Those who look to him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. So those who seek God, find God, it shows in their countenance. It shows in their, that joy of being with God shows up in, in their lives. Uh, verse 6, David classifies his status as poor, and God responded. So in this humble request to God, in humbleness in seeking God, in the poorness of his condition, uh, kind of reminded me of of, of Matthew 5 uh, 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So his poorness in spirit, his humbleness before God and seeking God, God responded. And then in verse 7, God's people are under his protection. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and God delivers them. Hebrews 1.14 talks about and they are not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation so those who are under God's care are protected by God Verses 8 to 10. Oh, taste and see, the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Taste. Taste and see. Uh, taste used here is a metaphor for personal experience. Uh, an imitation for us to have a personal experience with God. Taste and see that the Lord is good. David is inviting us to join him to have that personal experience with God. 1 Peter 2, 2 and 3. Like newborn babes long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Enter into that personal experience with God. Experience God through his word. That you will know that he is good. In verse 9. Those who have a fear. Reverence the Lord. Will lack nothing that they need to live a godly life. In relation to the Lord. Oh fear the Lord. You his saints. For those who fear him. Have no lack. God. Is all we need. Uh, think about David's situation. As he's running from Saul. As he's hiding from Saul. In this uh, in the land of the Philistines God is all he needs that he has no lack uh, in Psalm 23 he talks about that as well that those who are connected with God want nothing they lack nothing so God is all we need those who fear the Lord who reverence the Lord will lack nothing that they need for a godly life in, in relationship with him. And then in verse 10, the young, young lions suffer want and hunger. As strong as they are, they are not always able to find food. The young lions suffer want and hunger. But those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. God is enough. God is sufficient. Um, Psalm 84, 11. For the Lord God is a son and shield. The Lord restores favor and honor. No good, no good things does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. So all we need, uh, God is sufficient for. All we need to walk with him, God is sufficient to provide that. Verses 11 through 14. Come, O children, listen to me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is there who desires life and loves many days, that he may see good keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit turn away from evil and do good seek peace and pursue it come O children Um, another term of endearment and that, that father child relationship as he gives instruction or offers them instruction, that he will offer instructions in the fear of the Lord. He will teach them the ways of the Lord. He will teach them how to have a closer relationship with the Lord. Psalm 32.8 says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. So as he is watching over us, uh, he will teach us and instruct us in the way that we should go. Uh, David David invites you into this relationship that he has with God, that he will teach us reverence for God and the way that we should go. verse 12 what man is there who desires life and loves many days that he may see good and that's what we hope for especially for our kids that as they grow that their life will be long and and that they good days for them uh, that they will see good days for them David wants those who want long life this is the way to have long life in relationship with God then you will experience good days with God as well and we know at the end there will be a day when good will triumph over evil Uh, verse 13 keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit Uh, So David connects our language with as evidence of a good life. Um, Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. So our our language is what is evident within our heart. So if we're keeping our heart pure and clean, our language will be evident of that. So to keep from that. So a good life and that too, your reverence and fear of God will keep your language pure as well. Keep your language from evil. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Verse 14, turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. David is instructing his audience to turn from evil, uh, turn from evil, turn to good, turn from evil, and pursue peace um, as an active pursuit, an active pursuit of peace. Verse 15 to 16. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears toward their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the memory of them all, of them from the earth. God's eyes are on the righteous. He is watching over, and over us and watching us Right, watching the righteous. He is watching over them. The Lord listens to their prayers. Uh, John 9, 9 31. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God does and does his will, God listens to them. God listens to anyone who is a worshiper of him. And does his will. He listens to them. Verse 16. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil. To cut off the memory of them. From the earth. The Lord opposes those who do evil. Uh, They will be cut off. Those who are in opposition to him will be cut off. Uh, Psalm 21, 9 and 10. You will make them as a blazing oven when you appear. The Lord will swallow them up in his wrath and fire will consume them. And you will destroy their descendants from the earth and their offspring from among the children of man. that's what's ahead for those who oppose God who he is opposed to the Lord will swallow them up in his wrath fire will consume them and their descendants will be destroyed from the earth verse 17 and 18 When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the the crushed in spirit. The Lord hears the righteous when they cry out to him and he responds with deliverance. Think about David and and the circumstance he was in. He is uh, hiding from Saul, um, running for his life. He cries out to God, and God delivers. God is delivering through the circumstance, not necessarily from the circumstance. David already has been anointed as king. Yet he's running for his life. He cries out to God and God delivers. God protects. Not necessarily from the circumstance, but through the circumstance. The eyes of the Lord, uh, when the righteous cry out for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles so when we focus on the circumstance we sometimes we don't cry out for deliverance so it's not necessarily the circumstance but the who not necessarily the why but the who verse 18 the lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. The brokenhearted and crushed in spirit. Those who have humbled themselves have a brokenness in themselves and crushed in spirit. Um, those who have emptied themselves before God. Psalm 51:17 17 uh, uses it this way. The sacrifices of the Lord or a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O oh God, you will not despise. That brokenness, that crushedness, that contriteness before God, he does not despise. That's who he responds to. Verse 19 Many are the afflictions of the righteous but the Lord delivers them out of them all. He keeps all his bones, not one of them is broken. The Lord delivers the righteous from all their afflictions completely. So how does he use those circumstances? How does he use those afflictions to deliver us completely in making us, to molding us, to be more and more like his son? He delivers us. He makes us complete. He makes us mature. He brings us through that to deliver us. Uh, <clears throat> Bones here refers to the frame, the body of the person. God watches over the entire person. Uh, in the Gospel of John, John connects the, the righteous one in verse 19 and no broken bones in verse 20 to Jesus in John 19, verse 36. For these things took place that the scripture might be fulfilled. Not one bone, Not one of his bones will be broken. Uh, there's also a connection with the sacrificial lamb of Exodus 12:46. It shall be eaten in one house. You shall not take any of the flesh outside the house, and you shall not break any of its bones. So John makes that co- connection. Here's the lamb on that Passover evening that they took, that they were supposed to prepare, but not break any of its bones, that it would be unblemished. And he connects that, that lamb with Jesus, that Jesus suffered and was prepared to deliver us and hung on the cross without any broken bones, unblemished. In verse 21 and 22, afflictions will slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. Um, I know I'm not comfortable in afflictions. And, and I don't like going through poor, bad circumstances. And those who hate the righteous will be condemned. Uh, God delivers through, but afflictions will slay the wicked. Uh, The afflictions, the circumstances, will overcome the wicked. And they are part of their, their afflictions, will bring on them condemnation. And then verse 22. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. Redemption. The Lord provides the redemption. Um, Romans 8 verse 1. For there is now no condemnation in those who are in Christ Jesus. And then in verse 33 and 34. Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised? Who is at the right hand of God? who indeed is interceding for us so it is the Lord who purchased us the Lord has redeemed the life of his servants none who take refuge in him are condemned none who take refuge in them are condemned <clears throat> So what does it mean for those who are uh, reading this psalm for, for David's audience? Um, their gratitude, based on David's audience, they express their thankfulness for answered prayer. Uh, they express thankfulness for their deliverance. They express their gratitude for being able to take refuge in him. And God has allowed us to take refuge in him. And for that, his audience is is grateful. In their standing before God, um, they can bless God. They can bless God by speaking a good word about his kindness, his generosity. They can praise God for his protection, for deliverance, they can exalt God for his attributes, for his provision for their salvation. So, upon reflection, how can I apply it today? As David made a choice to develop a pattern of blessing and praising and exalting God, I can make a choice to develop that pattern in my life of exalting, blessing, and praising God. Um, As David pursued a close relationship with God through his circumstances... I can do so as well through my circumstances. I can choose to develop a closer relationship with God. Not about circumstances. It's about the who. And as David pursued peace, even with Saul, he pursued peace. I can do the same, even my enemies I can pursue peace um, that's psalm thirty four and some of my observations um, what uh, as a psalm of thanksgiving, and as a pattern of life for, for, uh, for us. You know, it's a choice. Uh, we can choose to be thankful, or we can choose to complain. We can choose to pursue peace, or we can choose to be oppositional. It's our choice. And in Psalm 34, in David's circumstances, he chose to be thankful for what God was doing in him and through him. Let's pray. Father, indeed we are grateful to you for who you are. And Lord, that we can speak of your kindness to us and that you have sent your son to us to die for us. We thank you and we praise you that you can continue, you are continuing to, to that good work that you have started in us and and we are trusting you to complete it. Lord, no matter what our circumstances are, we know that we can come to you, we can seek refuge in you. Father, and we can praise you for who you are. In Jesus' name we pray,
1: amen. Amen. Please uh, stand and we'll sing our song of response, which is in Christ alone. And um, as Russ Russ preached, um, that beautiful part about no condemnation for those who are in Christ before Jesus, Uh, I just want to point out the fourth verse of this song when we get to it. Think about it, uh, rest in it. It says, No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from God's hand. Let's sing together.
2: In Christ alone my hope is found. here in the love of christ i stand in christ alone who took on flesh fullness of god in helpless babe this gift of love and righteousness scorned by the ones he came to save Till on that cross as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied. For every sin on him was laid, here in the death of Christ I live. There in the ground his body lay. Light of the world by darkness slain. Then bursting forth in glorious day, up from the grave he rose again. And as he stands in victory, since curse has lost its grip on me. For I am his, and he is mine. Bought with the precious blood of Christ No guilt in life, no fear in death This is the power of Christ in me From life's first cry to final breath Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand. Till he returns or calls me home, here in the power of Christ I'll stand.
0: All right, well, we'll continue standing for a final word of benediction, but thanks again, Russ, for opening God's word with us, for John, for leading us in worship. Um, So as we go, just a word of benediction once again from Psalm 34. Psalm 34. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. And with that in the mind, we say, Amen. Go in peace.